This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey there, welcome to another episode of my series on Seneca's writings. And today we're going to be focusing on verses 3 and 4 of letter number 8 on the philosopher's seclusion. And you might remember in the previous episode that I was talking about Seneca's passage in in verse 1 and 2 where he's discussing his reasons for why he is locking himself away in writing these these letters and and you know trying to get them handed down to the generations to come. And in these next couple of verses, it's just it's just a really good reminder of the kind of stoic perspective on fate and fortune, and uh, and I want to read this to you, and then we'll we'll kind of discuss a few of the ideas that are within it. So, he says the following quote: "I point other men to the right path, which I have found late in my life, when wearied with wandering. I cry out to them: avoid whatever pleases the mob, avoid the gifts of chance." Halt before every good which chance brings you, in a spirit of doubt and fear. For it is the dumb animals and fish that are deceived by tempting hopes. Do you call these things the gifts of fortune? They are snares. And any man among you who wishes to live a life of safety will avoid to the utmost of his power these limed twigs of her favour, by which we mortals, most wretched in this respect also, are deceived. For we think that we hold them in our grasp, but they hold us in theirs. Such a career leads us into precipitous ways, and life on such heights ends in a fall. Moreover, we cannot even stand up against prosperity when she begins to drive us to leeward, nor can we go down either with the ship at least on her course or once for all. Fortune does not capsize us. She plunges our bows under and dashes us on the rocks. End quote. So this is such a powerful statement that he's making about the deceptive ways of fortune in our lives, right? And, you know, I think that we can all relate to what he's saying here because think about the times in your life when, you know, some good fortune happens to you. Maybe you get a promotion or, you know, you fall in love or, you know, any any good fortune that comes your way, you're in the right place at the right time and something good happens to you. It's it's very easy to associate those those happy feelings that you get from those moments with something that is going to last, something that is going to stick around with you. But before long, fortune comes along and and decides to take away those things that you got or or throw a roadblock in your way that you didn't see coming. And all of a sudden you think, well, crap, you know, what what is going to last here? Because I was happy yesterday, I'm angry today, and then I'm going to be happy tomorrow and I'm going to be angry the next day because we're almost in this yo-yo pattern. You know, Seneca talks about, you know, being moved to the heights, you know, and it's dangerous at those heights because the higher you climb, the farther you have to fall, you know. And so the the idea that the Stoics were trying to figure out is how do you get away from believing in the deceptions of fortune and fate? 
how do you get away from believing that the things that can be given and taken from you are things that will last? And what would you focus on if you really wanted to have a lasting joy in life, a lasting flourishing and meaning in your life that cannot be taken away from fate or fortune? And there's a couple of places that I want to focus on in this passage. You know, towards the middle, he says of the gifts of fortune, you know, we always think that we hold them in our grasp, but really they hold us in theirs. And I think that that is such a wise understanding right there, which is, you know, let's say you get a new car or something nice comes your way, you get a beautiful gift and you get that beautiful, happy feeling. Oh, look, you know, I've just got this beautiful gift. And and you you could say that that's fortune, you know, uh, whether you worked for it or not, you know, you're in the fortunate position where something came your way uh, that, uh, that, that was nice and gave you good feelings. Now, it's very easy for us to think that we own those things. The Stoics talked about all this this all the time, which was, you know, stop thinking that you own the things that are external to your soul. You don't own them. They're not yours to keep, and they can and will be taken away from you. And if you think that you own them, then when they are taken away from you, then you're going to be all the more worried and frustrated and anxious and angry at life because you didn't understand what the rules of this game were. Right? The rules of the game is that fortune and fate, they get to come along and give you things, but they also get to take them away whenever they please. And so what you want is a firm foundation upon which to build your meaning and your happiness and, and your flourishing in your life. And the gifts of fortune are a very, very weak foundation upon which to build your sense of meaning in your life. And there's a point in this letter where Seneca says that, you know, dumb animals and fish are the ones that are deceived by tempting hopes. And he's saying this because he's trying to get you to see that, you know, you don't have to be a dumb animal. You know, there's a whole bunch of hooks all around you at any point in your life. There's a whole bunch of tricks and deceptions that you can allow yourself to believe, to allow yourself to be to be hooked to, right? And if, if you don't pay attention, you are going to bite those hooks and you will be carried up, right? Uh, and, and you don't have to be like that. You can be wiser than that. You can see that fortune and the gifts of fortune and the gifts of fate in your life, they're, they're hooks and you can really be hooked on them. So many people are, you know, and, and, and I think that it's interesting to think about that analogy, right? Because once you see that something is a hook, And once you know that something is a hook, then it should make it all the more easy for you to avoid biting that hook. Now, it doesn't always work like that, but you would hope that gaining that understanding, right, getting that understanding first is going to be, you know, that first step towards avoiding those traps in your life that really will will not lead you anywhere other than to be a yo-yo, to be happy today, angry tomorrow, happy the next day, angry the next day. You know, and that's not the kind of life that we want to live. And it's also important to note here that Seneca doesn't say, don't accept the gifts of fortune, right? This isn't somebody saying, listen, don't enjoy the gifts of fortune in life. Don't, don't enjoy the nice things that come your way, you know, because it's essentially Seneca saying, just, just don't trust them. Don't quite trust them when they come your way. Recognize that it's something that could be taken away tomorrow. And if you think that it's going to be with you forever, then that's on you. That's your mistake. And you will be bitten. 
And there's a great Taoist story about a farmer. I wonder if you've ever heard it. I'm going to tell it to you now because it, it, it really paints a beautiful picture of what Seneca is trying to describe here about the gifts of fortune and the gifts of fate, right? So the story goes like this. So there's a farmer and, you know, one day his horse runs away and all the people from the village come along and they say, I'm so sorry that your horse ran away. This is such bad luck. You know, you, you must be very sad. And, and you know, the farmer just says, oh, we'll see, you know, maybe we'll see. And then, you know, the next day, the horse actually comes back to the farm, but it comes back bringing many wild horses with it. And all the people from the village come up and they say, oh my gosh, you must be so happy. You know, look at you. This is such good fortune. You've just got many free horses now. And the farmer says, maybe we'll see, you know. And then the next day, the farmer's son starts to ride some of these horses, tries to break them in, and he gets thrown off one of their backs and breaks his leg. And the people of the village come back and they say, oh my gosh, you know, you must be so sad, such bad fortune, you know, your son's just broken his leg. And, and the farmer says, we'll see, we'll see. And so you can see where this is going. The next day, the military comes to draft people for the army. And uh, the son doesn't get drafted, luckily, because he's got a broken leg. And all the people of the village come back and they say, oh my gosh, you must be so excited. Look at how this has turned out for you. Your son didn't have to go and die in the army because he had a broken leg. And the farmer says, we'll see. That's a great story to demonstrate the, the kind of approach that you might want to take towards the gifts and the deceptions of fate and fortune in your life. Things are always going to come along and happen to you in your life. And when those things happen, you're going to be tempted to make up a story about exactly what it means that they have happened. And what a story like this and Seneca's writings can teach us is that uh, really, you want to avoid placing so much meaning upon the gifts and the and the stumbling blocks of fate and fortune, you know, because only time can tell what it actually means for you. Only time can tell whether those things that happened to you were good or bad. I mean, how many times have you looked back on your life and thought, you know, I really wish that hadn't have happened when it was happening, but now that I look back at it, it seems like it was the best thing that happened to me. You know, how many times have you seen that something that seemed like a, a setback in your life was actually kind of a stepping stone to a new and greater understanding of who you are and a new and greater adventure to go on? You know, this is just what life is like. It is deceptive. It's strange. It, it, it's always throwing things in our way that we don't quite understand. And we need to pull ourselves back from time to time and recognize that what we're trying to do here is to build a foundation upon which we can have an even-keeled approach to life and to the gifts and the stumbling blocks of fate and fortune. You know, we need to understand what's ours to keep and what's not, what's in our control and what's not. And so that's where, you know, something like Stoicism comes in here and you, you find so much value in a philosophy like this because it wakes you up to the truths of the existence that we're living so I think I'll leave it there. I hope there's a, a lot in this episode for you to take away and think about, and, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time.